You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello there, Reds fans. Welcome back to yet another thrill-packed edition of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, coming to you on demand from Red Leg Nation World Headquarters. Thanks for joining us again today. Lots of things to discuss today. It's just uh, me to start out with, but later on in this episode, we have what I'm not hesitant to call my favorite interview that we have conducted here on the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. Um, and really, we've done some great ones. Uh, as you think back over the ones we've done with the, the minor league players, the Reds, and with Greg Rhodes of the Reds Hall of Fame, and uh, with Chris Welsh and uh, John Fay, we've done some pretty good ones and uh, had a lot of fun on the podcast. But I'm not going to reveal who this week's uh, interview subject is just yet. You'll have to listen to uh, a little bit later in the podcast, not much longer. But again, uh, on the record, this is my favorite uh, interview we've yet conducted. So, before we get to that, though, we do have a lot of other things to discuss. Let me go ahead and uh, sort of jump right into it. This uh, week, obviously, the Reds had a, a good home stand uh, this past weekend. Um, I got a chance to take in two of the three games in uh, Cincinnati against the Cardinals when the Reds, really, frankly, they lost the second one of those two, but looked pretty good, uh, fought the entire way, and uh, really showed that, uh, you know, they're not uh, intimidated by the Cardinals, and as well as the Cardinals have been playing. Of course, i, I got to be honest, you look at that Cardinals team, and they've got the greatest player anywhere, Albert Pujols, but the rest of that lineup is really pretty slim. Uh, you know, Of course, Ann Kiel was hurt, Rick Ann Kiel, after diving headfirst into the wall. That was sort of a scary scene. And uh, you know, Ryan Ludwig's uh, not a bad player. Uh, but the rest of that lineup, you know, top to bottom, uh, it's you know, Pujols and, and a lot of nothing in many ways. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how much longer the Cardinals are really going to be the class of the National League Central got a great record right now, though. Um, you know, and, and you keep waiting for the Cubs to sort of make a little bit of a run. Maybe they'll do that at some point with Sweet Lou Pinella at the helm. I don't know um, what's going on in this division. All I know is that right now the Reds are hanging right in there uh, for a brief time. They were in first place this week, obviously, until the uh, Brewers won a game when the Reds had the off day, and so the Reds come into uh, Friday night, the weekend series at San Diego a half game out of first place, and raise your hand if you're complaining about that. Yeah, I don't see any hands. Um, ask anybody uh, before the season if you'd been happy with the Reds being a half game out of first place. Uh, middle of May, everyone would have taken that. So not a whole lot to complain about with respect to the Reds at this point. They're uh, they're playing some good baseball. Uh, the pitching has just been unbelievable. Uh, you know, uh, you talk about Johnny Cueto, who's supposedly the number four starter on this team. He has just been amazing, absolutely outstanding. And I'm just, it's, you know, it's it's some of the most exciting uh, pitching I've ever seen uh, in my entire lifetime of following the Reds. And I've been following them since I was, I don't know, four or five years old. You know, Aaron Harang is the Aaron Harang of old. Uh, Edinson Volquez, uh, just electric stuff, looks fantastic. And, uh, you know, you got Bronson Arroyo is Bronson Arroyo. Who knows what we're getting out of him, but he will eat up some innings. And then, of course, Micah Owings in that fifth spot is just uh, – no one can complain about the job Micah Owings is doing. Uh, he had a great start against Dan Heron and the Diamondbacks. Of course, the Diamondbacks look like they've already quit. That's a that's just a terrible, terrible team. They just like, act like they don't even try. But, but Dan Heron as a pitcher is just as good as they come. And uh, Owings stepped up to the plate against his old team and looked great doing it. 
Um, not to mention the fact that the guy can hit. So uh, as, a, as a fifth starter, he's already won four ball games. That's as many as the fifth spot in the rotation won all of last year for the Reds. Uh, meanwhile, last year's fifth spot, they were compiling a, an earned run average over seven while Owings is in the, the low to mid fours. And so no complaints about that. Um, against uh, weekend series with the, the Padres here, the Reds, after sweeping the Diamondbacks, have a chance to have a winning road trip as long as they don't get swept against San Diego, and, and if you're like me, some of you have been Reds fans for years, you don't remember very many West Coast road trips that went very well. Uh, there were lots of times, it seems like when the Reds were uh, seemingly competitive or um, at least uh, competing a little bit for the division, and they go out West and have a miserable 1-8 and eight road trip or something like that, it seemed like. West has never been kind to Cincinnati. Of course, we're playing the Diamondbacks and Padres right now out there, and so those aren't exactly um, the Brooklyn Dodgers or, uh, you know, one of these great teams that that, that they're playing. Um, but still, uh, a winning road trip, which is in the, within the Reds' grasp, is always a good thing. And when it's out west, uh, no matter who they're playing, it's fantastic. Uh, but am I the only one? I noted this at RedLegNation.com. Am I the only one who cannot wait for these games to start in the evening? The Reds are playing an exciting brand of baseball. They're fun to watch. As I said, they're pitching well. Um, and, and many nights here lately, they've actually hit the ball well. Uh, whether that'll last or not, I don't know. I hope it will. But it seems like these games starting late out there, you know, on the West Coast. And golly, it seems like you're waiting all day for the game to start, especially Friday night, waiting for that 10 o'clock, 10.05 start after an off day on Thursday. It seems like it's been weeks since they played last. Um, when the Reds are playing this well, you don't want them to stop. You want them to uh, keep playing. And, and that feeling of waiting is just really – I don't appreciate it. And I want to just make a comment to Bud Selig here because I know he's listening um, to the podcast why can't the season, the Reds' season schedule, why can't it be scheduled to my convenience? Why can't they start the games when I want them, when it's most convenient for me? Um, am I being selfish by requesting that? I don't think so. Um, I think that those uh, West Coast guys need to uh, just uh, let the game start in the afternoon out there so that it can be at my convenience, start at uh, 7 o'clock here in, in uh, Cincinnati time, East, East Coast time, I guess, Eastern Standard time. So, you know, that's the way we're waiting. We're still still waiting around for the games to start for a few more days. Now, when I was growing up, I actually loved it when the Reds were out west. And the reason why is that I would lay in, be able to lay in bed, you know, those games starting late and uh, listen to Marty and Joe on the radio, turned down kind of low so my parents wouldn't know I was still listening to it. But flip that radio on, listen to Marty and Joe well into the – and fall asleep to them, basically, you know. Uh, make it to the end of the game sometimes, but, you know, usually uh, – wasn't able to make it all the way, but that you talk about uh, the way to uh, experience the Reds laying there in a dark, uh, dark bedroom as a, as an early teenager and, and listening to Marty and Joe uh, uh, call the game for you. That's uh, memories that a lot of us have, I know, um, and uh, of course we obviously miss Joe, but uh, I always have sort of a sentimental spot for those West Coast road trips because of that. Um, what else going on in in, in Reds land today? Uh, Bill Lack at the uh, at RedLegNation.com, one of our editors, he had a post uh, earlier this week, a couple days ago actually, well actually yesterday, about Bill Bray. And you know, Bill Bray was really the one part from that crazy trade that uh, Wayne Krusky made with the Nationals a couple years ago that looked like he might be able to help the Reds. Uh, a lot of us were really thinking that Bray should have made the opening day uh, roster. Of course he didn't, and it turns out uh, there's a reason why he was uh, injured a little bit. He's been trying to get through that in AAA. Well, it turns out, uh, he's returned to, going to return to Cincinnati next week, and Bray, Bill Bray is going to have Tommy John surgery, um, which is not good at all. Um, the word is he's going to be out 
the rest of the year. And it's kind of a sad story for Bray, uh, although a lot of guys are coming back from that Tommy John better than ever before. But Bray is a, you know, a left-hander, great stuff, a guy that I really thought was going to be um, an integral part to this bullpen. Now, the bullpen's been great, and, of course, Daniel Ray Herrera made the uh, roster on, from opening day over Bray because he was hurt. And you can't complain about what Herrera's done. He's been fantastic as well. But, you know, Bray was a guy that I felt like could be just sort of uh, an elite Top setup guy for a left-handed pitcher, and, and really disappointed in that. I hope he comes back strong, but the guy just cannot, as Bill noted on the on the website, cannot seem to stay healthy. It's been one thing after another for Bill Bray, and it's a it's disappointing. So we wish Bill Bray the best. Hope he gets uh, better quickly. Uh, of course, it's not going to be until next year, and uh, you know maybe that's a he's not a left-hander, but maybe it's uh, gives Josh Renicky, for example, in AAA or. Uh, Pedro Viola, one of these guys, a chance to uh, maybe move up in the on the depth chart to get a call up to Cincinnati when and if they need another relief pitcher. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but best to, to Bill Bray. Other items to discuss before we get to our interview in just one moment. Um, Chris Garber, another one of our editors at Red Lake Nation, he had a post um, about the fact that Alex Gonzalez uh, is going to be back and starting quote from our intrepid manager, Dusty Baker, was that, quote, I was looking for signs of him wincing, but I didn't see it. I've done everything I can to hold him off, and Alex Gonzalez will play Friday in San Diego. He's my shortstop. Now, by the time this goes live, the game will either will have started on Friday night or uh, probably won't be over uh, yet. I'm going to post this as soon as we get finished with it, and the game hasn't started yet on Friday night. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry to break it to you. When you listen to this, it's not live. I don't know if you realize that. It's actually recorded, and I'm going to post it later. But uh, Chris makes the point, and, and he acknowledges this is not really a legitimate way to evaluate who should start at shortstop, but it's interesting. The Reds' uh, record this year when Alex Gonzalez plays, they're 9-12, and 12, under 500, obviously. The Reds' record when he doesn't play, 11-2. and two. Uh, So the Reds have certainly played much, much better without Gonzalez. Now, Gonzalez was awful before he got hurt. I mean, there's just no two ways to, to cut that one. 176 batting average, 215 on base percentage. Um, his OPS, 499. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. Um, but that being said, the reason that the Reds are 11-2 and two without him is not because, solely because Alex Gonzalez is not in the lineup. Now, having that terrible hitting out of the lineup and having his, uh, uh, the, you know, statue, uh, t- statuette, statuesque, I guess you could call him, but uh, defensively at shortstop, he's like a statue out there. The poor guy is uh, stuck in uh, cement. I can't go left or right, seems like. Uh, still having trouble with that knee, no doubt. Um, so that certainly doesn't hurt the Reds to have that uh, lack of production out of the lineup. But on the other hand, uh, it's absurd to say that, um, that the reason the Reds are 11-2 and without him there is because he's not there. Um, the biggest, uh, you know, a, a bigger reason, maybe not the biggest, a bigger reason is that obviously Brandon Phillips started hitting. And Jerry Harrison Jr.'s come in and, and started hitting. And, uh, you know, that combined with the continued great pitching is, is has more to do with um, the Reds playing so well when he's out. But on the other hand, I, you know, I'm not sure why Gonzalez is the presumed starting shortstop anyway. Um, if you're looking for a great defensive shortstop, I, I don't think he's the best defensive shortstop on the roster. I think that's Paul Yanish. If you're looking for the best hitter, you know I don't know who that is. It may be Harrison. He's hitting great now, but obviously I don't expect that to, to continue, uh, at least certainly not to the level that he's been hitting right now, and I'll discuss that more in a moment. But um, 
you know, Gonzalez is not going to be your best hitter. So I'm not sure why he's the presumed starting shortstop, except that he used to be a great and an elite defensive shortstop. Um, but, you know, 30, what are you, 34 now, 34-year-old shortstops with uh, knee problems and things like that don't, you know, you can find those at softball fields all across America. Um, now, you know, Gonzalez, I'm not uh, suggesting that uh, he should need to go play softball, but we've said it many times that he had no business being on the opening day roster. The Reds uh, did him a disservice by not sending him out for a rehab start. So I'm just not a big not a big uh, booster of Alex Gonzalez. Um, not a fully paid member of the Alex Gonzalez fan club. Um, and a lot of people are, are complaining about Dusty. Oh, what's he doing? You know, why's he got to start him right now? And, you know, uh, I don't think we give Dusty enough credit sometimes for uh, lying to us. Uh, let's just let's put it that way. Uh, Dusty Baker lies to the reporters and lies to the fan base. And I'm telling you now, it doesn't bother me. Um, he does it a lot to protect his players. Um, you know, he... Uh, um, you know, he's not going to come out and say anything bad about a player. So he may come out and say, you know, Gonzalez is our guy. Uh, and this is a point some people made in the comments uh, at Red Leg Nation. You know, he's my Gonzo's my guy, but, you know, and he did say, you know, he's my shortstop. But what's he going to say? Alex Gonzalez is terrible, you know. Uh, he's awful. You can't do that. If there's one thing that Dusty's done fairly well, seems like, in the time he's been in Cincinnati, it's that he is, uh, you can tell why he's a player's manager. He protects his players. So, uh, Joe Posnanski, the Kansas City Star, had an article at his website or a post about uh, how um, the Royals manager's li- the Royals manager lies to him all the time, and that's part of the manager's job. So uh, don't take what he says about uh, Gonzalez being being uh, his guy. Don't take it too seriously. He said the same thing about Chris Dickerson a couple of days before he uh, finally benched Dickerson for Knicks. So he's uh you know he's got to do what he can to get the most out of everybody on his roster. I think he's probably going to end up playing Gonzalez too much. He did before the injury. Um, and he always he's he's a Gonzalez guy in the sense that uh, he's familiar with him and familiar with what Gonzalez used to be able to do. So I think he'll still play Gonzalez too much, but you know I'm not gonna get too worked up over Gonzalez's statement saying that he's the shortstop, uh, the official starting shortstop. Uh, it kind of seems like he is, and I don't think he should be. But you know, on the other hand, uh, let's not get too worked up over what what uh, Dusty's saying. Now, um, there was one comment that I did want to point out because I thought it was a very astute comment, frankly, um, at Red Leg Nation. And that's about Jerry Harrison Jr., who has been lights out at the plate. Uh, defensively, he's still not been great. He's made a couple of plays that look nice, but there are plays that really probably, if, uh, if he had more range, he wouldn't have had to dive for, things like that. But, but yeah, I don't want to complain about him. He has been really good since Gonzalez is hurt. Um, off at the plate. At the plate, he has just crushed the ball. Um since he's gotten a chance to play more regularly. So let's not uh, diminish that because he's really done everything that's been asked of him in the last uh, week and a half, two weeks. There was a quote uh, at uh, redlegnation.com um, from uh, Jimmy James, the name of the, the poster, and he said, I know uh, Jerry Harrison Jr. is hot and everything, and I don't have any problem with keeping him in the, keeping him in the lineup right now. But, and this is the point that I think is very astute, I think we need to really uh, pay attention to. Playing Jerry Harrison Jr. over anyone who's not named Alex Gonzalez is a losing man's game in the long run. Absolutely. Let's not pretend that Harrison is actually good or anything. Uh, you know, Even Pokey Reese got hot occasionally, and at least he could play defense well. I thought that was a pretty good comment. Uh, you know, I think uh, Harrison has earned a chance to stay in the lineup right now. He's hitting so well. But guys and gals, don't forget that he is who he is. He's a guy that I was glad the Reds signed to a contract. I think he can help the team as a bench player. 
but he is who he is. He's not all of a sudden at age 32 or 33 going to learn how to be a superstar hitter. Um, and, of course, he's likely to get hurt any second as well. But right out his hot streak here, absolutely. And, you know, give him some playing time. Give him some at-bats. He can play all over the diamond. This is not a guy, though, that you're going to want to consider plugging in as a starting shortstop. Or some people have suggested, well, let's let him be the starting third baseman even when Edwin Encarnacion gets back. No, I don't buy any of that. Um, uh, play the hot hand while it's hot, but he's Jerry Hairston Jr. He's not, uh, you know, all of a sudden turned into Alex Rodriguez, unless he. Well, no, I'm not getting into the. I'm not getting into Alex Rodriguez's problems right now, because uh, I'm a big Alex Rodriguez fan. Um, and for the suggestion as well is just to sort of move over into the suggestion about Edwin Encarnacion that was sort of discussed at the website. This week, uh, when he comes back, maybe uh, Rosales should start over him or Jerry Harrison Jr. should start a third over him. Uh, I'm going to – everyone that's listening to this that thinks that Edwin Encarnacion should not be plugged right back into the lineup, go to BaseballReference.com and look at his career numbers. Look at the fact that he's only a few months older than Joey Votto that, uh, and Adam Rosales, yet he has, he's been playing the majors longer than each. His career numbers are, his hitting numbers are better than Brandon Phillips's, who is the golden child in uh, Cincinnati. Um, Edwin Encarnacion is off to a terrible start. He, I don't know whether he's going to defensively be able to man third base in the long run, but he's not going to any other position this year. He's certainly as good or better, frankly, than Adam Rosales or Jerry Harrison Jr. defensively, at least he's no worse. Those guys are, are, are brutal, frankly. I think Rosales is probably going to be, he'll be okay at third base, but he's been ugly so far. Uh, kind of the way I felt about Chris Dickerson, you know, who's just ugly early in the season defensively, but I don't feel like he, Chris Dickerson is that bad defensively. But Edwin Carcion offensively is not going to hit as poorly as he hit the first you know, few weeks of the season when he came out uh, very slow. Edwin Carcion is going to be an above-average hitter. He is likely to be the third most productive hitter of anybody the Reds have on the team this year. Uh, you know, Votto and Bruce are likely to outproduce him. I don't see anyone else in that lineup that will outproduce Edwin Encarnacion over a full season. So he's not a superstar, and he's never going to, maybe never going to be, uh, well, he's never going to be a superstar, uh, period. But he's a player that can help this team, and with the offense uh, that is going to be inconsistent, Throughout the year, they're going to need Edwin Encarnacion healthy and hitting the ball the way he's capable in order to have a chance of staying in this race. No competitive team, no team that will be challenging for the playoffs is going to be able to do so with Jerry Harrison Jr. starting at third base. I mean, that's just let's be honest about that. If nothing else, Edwin Encarnacion gives you a chance. So um, I'm all for I'm on the Edwin Encarnacion train and. He doesn't have a fan club, but if he did, I would be a fully paid member. I tell you, my biases, biases up front. Uh, I'm an Edwin Encarnacion fan, and I think I need to get him back and healthy and plug back in the lineup as soon as possible. Um, and he's not that far away from the latest reports from getting back. So, Now, finally, final thing before we get into the interview that was conducted recently uh, with RedLegNation.com, the most exciting, uh, the, my favorite interview that we've done yet on the Red Lake Nation radio podcast. I'll get to that in just one moment, but the last thing I want to discuss was a post that we had at Red Lake Nation earlier this week, and it was basically asking you to visualize this situation. What if you're at your office or wherever you work or you know, wherever you hang out or your school or 
wherever, and a brand new Reds fan walks up to you. This is, you know, uh, this guy or, or this uh, this uh, woman comes up to you because she knows that uh, you're a big fan of the Reds. That she's seen you in front of the computer uh, refreshing the game thread over and over and uh, watching uh, game day on the the uh, on the computer, you know, following the games uh, during the day at work or listening on the, your XM or on the radio or. You know, whatever. She, somebody that knows you're a huge Reds fan, and, and frankly, you must be a huge Reds fan, Reds fan if you're listening to me ramble on about this team right now. Um, but anyway, that new Reds fan comes up to you and says, okay, I want to be an obsessed Reds fan like you. What are the ten things that all true Reds fans should do before they die? Now, um, I thought this was an interesting question. There's been a couple books uh, written for other organizations about that specific question and I, was, I saw a couple of those and I thought man that's a that's an interesting idea uh, to discuss at Red Leg Nation and people gave some great uh, great responses to that the best frankly the most the the response that we saw the most which really is the, the first thing that every true Reds fan I think needs to experience at least once is going to opening day uh, and that includes the Finlay's Market Parade and that was multiple people commented on that and we'll just sort of run through and see some of the things uh, go to the Reds Hall of Fame you actually have to go to the Hall of Fame and Museum and spend some time there um, don't just go uh, when you don't have much time to spend to really examine the Hall of Fame go when you got some time to really enjoy it because man, there's all kinds of things in there and our old buddy Greg Rhodes uh, who really got that off uh, was the driving force in getting that uh, off the ground just did an amazing job well everyone at the Hall of Fame did an amazing job go do it um Let's see what else. Uh, watching the 75 and 76 1990 World Series. I'm not sure where, where, where you can get access to the 76 and 90 World Series uh, these days. I wish they could bring those out on video or DVD. Video? What is this? 1982? Um, bring them out on DVD. You know, they brought the 75 World Series out on DVD. And, and just reading this thread made me think, I need to pull that back out and watch it sometime. Fun stuff, the original broadcasts, NBC broadcasts of the Reds, including Marty, a young Marty Brenneman, which was interesting. So uh, I'd, you know, say I'd advise you to head on over to Amazon and pick that up if you haven't gotten it already. Fantastic uh, entertainment. Uh, learn about Pete Rose. That was one that popped up a lot. And, you know, for better or for worse, Pete Rose is who he is as well. And um, if you want to be a true Reds fan, you've got to know something about him because most Reds fans are still crazy about Pete Rose for all his faults and, and all his inadequacies. He is uh, still a legend, and so learning about Pete Rose, uh, you got to do it. Um, what else did we have here? Uh, Marty and Joe, Davey Concepcion, someone suggested watching a game from the Diamond Seats there right behind home play, and then also watching a game from the Bleachers at Great American Ballpark. I like that. Compare Glenn Braggs's guns to big clues. Take Lasuskis. That's a good. Um, that's a good piece of advice to give a, a new Reds fan. Lament the trades of uh, Frank Robinson and Tony Perez. I guess you learn about those trades, especially the Robinson one. He was an old thirty, and uh, lament those uh, trades. Um, writing a letter to the commissioner to have Pete Rosie reinstated says River City Redleg. Kevin DeLong says, Hide, head, huh, slide head first, uh, Pete Rose hit king style. Uh, not a bad idea. Uh, Got to get my son to do that. He's, he's playing uh, t-ball this year. I need to teach him to do that head first slide. Uh, visit the old Reds landmarks in person. Uh, you know, 
including the, the the parking lot that was once Crosley Field. Tell everyone you were there at the game for Tom Brannick's perfect game. Uh, doesn't matter if you're actually there or not. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, watch him beat the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Absolutely, that's a, that's something to do. What else, man? There's just a ton of great things. You need to go check out that, if you haven't seen it yet, that thread at RedLegNation.com. Lots of great stuff that people uh, brought up about what uh, true Reds fans need to know. Explain why there's no equal to Johnny Bench as a catcher. Be able to recite the starting lineup from the 1975 team. Eat a, chili, eat a uh, cheese coney. That, that's, what, that's what I say. Uh, up there last weekend, as we said, golly, those conies. If, if I went to a game every night, um, I would weigh 400 pounds because you can't stop keep from eating those things. So, you know, lots of great uh, information uh, on here. Lots of great discussion. If, if you if you you know think that's an interesting topic, I do advise you to log on and add your thoughts at RedLegNation.com on giving advice to a new Reds fan because there's just. Uh, some great suggestions from a lot of true Reds fans. Appreciate all you guys that really assisted uh, in that uh, thread. Interesting stuff. So that's about all right now for the Red Lake Nation Radio podcast. Oh well, I guess we'll go ahead and run this interview that I've been hyping so much. We won't. We won't stop right there. I'm going to at this time let you know this is an interview that I conducted when I was in Cincinnati uh, this past weekend. It was with a young man named Casey, my four-year-old son, who got a chance to go to uh, both games, uh, Friday, or excuse me, Saturday and Sunday games with me. Had a blast at the game. He's uh, not too talkative in some parts. Um, he's not like his daddy. He can keep his mouth shut. But uh, I thought I would uh, interview him about his uh, what he thought about the game after the uh, Saturday game, after the Saturday night game. The next, it was a, this was Sunday morning when I interviewed about the game the night before. When he just uh, he came home, came back to the hotel and just uh, called his mommy and went on and on about what a great time he had. It's not his first game or anything, but uh, he really just seemed to enjoy these last couple games more than he has yet. He's getting a little bit older now and really likes uh, the Reds. He'll usually tell you that, uh, and I can't remember if he did on this interview or not, but that Brandon Phillips is his favorite player um, because he drinks milk, I guess, as Hal McCoy pointed out in the Dayton Daily News. Um, but he's a he's a he's a young Reds fan. I've inflicted him with this uh, fandom, evidently, and I, I apologize going in. And I hope that uh, uh, you know child services department doesn't come looking for me for inflicting a lifetime of uh, pain and agony on being a Reds fan on this young man. But without further ado, my favorite interview ever on the Red Lake Nation Radio podcast with my son Casey. Okay, I'm here with a very special guest, my four-year-old son, Casey. Where did we go last night, Casey? A baseball game. What kind of baseball game? Reds. Who won? The Reds. Who'd they beat? The Cardinals. Yeah, we like the Cardinals, don't we? No, we like the Reds. Yeah, who's your favorite player? Brandon Phillips. He is. Do you, know, do you remember what number he is? Four. Yeah. You think he hits good? Yeah. He got two hits last night, didn't he? Yeah. Do you remember who hit a home run last night? Joey Votto. No, Joey Votto was hurt last or sick last night. Do you remember who it was? Mm, one was Jerry Hairston. Yeah, Jerry Hairston hit one. That's right. You remember the other one? No. Was it Jay? Bruce. Jay Bruce. Yeah. Who else do you like on the Reds? Um, 
Jay Bruce. Who's Daddy's favorite red? Um. Is it Edwin? Yes. Edwin who? Incarnation. Yeah, that's right. Who else is good for the reds? Do you remember? Um. Aaron pitched. Aaron who? Harang. Yeah, and Edinson pitches today. Vakas. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. What What does he have coming out from under his hat? Hair. All that crazy hair. Tell me what you did that was fun at the game last night. Who, um, who'd you see at the game? Who'd you wave to and yell at? Uh, Gapper. Gapper? And Mr. Redlegs. Really? Yeah. What'd they do when you yelled at him and waved at him? Um, they waved at me. They did? Yeah. Cool. Was that pretty fun? Yeah. What else did you do that was fun at the game? Um, jumped and slide. On what? That. Red bouncy thing. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. And then, yeah. remember what else you did Remember when you pitched? Yeah. Was that fun? Yeah. How hard did you throw? As hard as I could. As fast as Coco? Yes. Coco who? Coco who? Do you remember his name? Cordero. Yeah, Coco Cordero. Um, what'd you eat at the game? Popcorn and peanuts. Yeah, that's what you love, don't you? Now, we're going to go today to the game. Who do you hope hits a home run today? Um. You hope Brandon hits one? Yeah, and Jay Bruce. Yeah, and what about Willie? Tavares. Yeah, and Adam? Dunn. No, does Adam Dunn play for the Reds? Does Adam Dunn still play for the Reds? Answer me, buddy. No. Who does he play for? Uh, you remember? No. You don't remember who he plays for? No. Yes, you do. We, you talked about it. You told me last night. The nah. Nationals. Yeah, the Nationals. Do you remember somebody named Adam that still plays for the Reds? No. Adam Rowe. Zaz. Yeah. Now, are you going to have fun at the game today? Yeah. What do you want to do as soon as we get there? Um. Uh. Play some stuff. <laughs> Play some stuff. It's yeah. fun to go to the Reds games, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, say bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it. I don't know if we'll ever top that interview here on the Red Lake Nation Radio Podcast. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks for joining us again. As always, send any comments, concerns, suggestions to radio at redlegnation.com. If you've not already done this, go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. That's always the best way to ensure that you don't miss a single exciting, thrill-packed episode of Red Leg Nation Radio. Obviously, there's also the RN Radio tab up at the top of redlegnation.com has all the updates and information on the podcast. And stay tuned to redlegnation.com. It's been a lot of fun here in the last uh, couple months uh, with discussions and just all the excitement around this organization, how we've really finally got a team that, well, I don't know whether they're going to compete the rest of this year, but uh, going into next year and in the, in the immediate future, really a lot to be excited about with this organization. So I encourage you to hang out at redlegnation.com. Tell us what you think, not just about the podcast, but about everything going on with the Reds. Thanks again to all of you out there in the nation. For Casey, this is Chad Dotson saying so long.